Well, we started Wednesday night in sharing with you on the power uh, of the Holy Spirit, the power of the ability of the Holy Spirit. And um, we want to go ahead on and share with you again uh, part two on this. Now, I'm not done with the subject about uh, having faith, you know, Good morning, sweetheart. What uh, faith is, and we was using uh, for the covenant Abraham himself. I'm not done with it, but for a period of time, uh, I just been led by the Spirit of God to share with you in this light about the power or the ability of the Holy Spirit. And what, <clears throat> and the reason why we're sharing this is because. What happens is we look to ourselves more in the flesh, in the natural, of trying to lead our way instead of allowing the Holy Spirit that you have on the inside of you. He's the answer. He's Jesus. He's the part that Jesus himself left here for you and I so that we could know how to conduct business in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So let's open up with this just for a moment. I'm, and I'm going to go right back to <clears throat> John. But let's look, look at uh, uh, John chapter 14. And let's look at verse uh, 16. And Casey, put that up in the, in the classic Amplifier. Because there's a sevenfold name of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And all of these attributes are at work within you and I. Okay, so in John chapter 14, verse 16, notice this. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, not one different of the one that Jesus had, that, that's leading Jesus. It's the same comforter. But that's the reason why he said in, in, <clears throat> in the uh, 16th chapter, it is expedient that I go. And the reason why he said, it is expedient that I go, he said, for if I don't go, then the other comforter won't come. Are you following me? And then the other comforter is the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that led him. You got to remember, Jesus was actually, he was God and he was man. But he was God without his glorification, so he had to be led by the Spirit of God as a man like you and I so that he can become obedient to everything that you and I will suffer or go through. So he had to have the Holy Spirit leading him. He had to have the whole, he had to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what? To activate the will of God for his life, which was to die for you and I. Not physically or just by itself, but a dual death, both spiritual and physical. He wasn't a sinner. He became sin. So that you and I can do what? Become righteous or have the life that God always intended for us to live by. But you have to do it by the spirit of God. And the only way that you can do that. You know, it's Christ in us, and you can, you know, write this down, but we're not going to go to it. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, Christ in us is the hope of glory. 
So that hope are another way of saying the expectation of God's glory. God is expecting us to do what? To reveal the manifestation of whose we are in the earth. The creation in the earth is already created by the words of God. Creation is the creation of words of God. When you are born of God, that that puts you back in position and authority, having authority over the creation of the same creation that God created with words, you and I are put in play to do what? To watch over, to manage what he created. You do it, you and I do it through words of the kingdom. His words. Are y'all getting this? It's not your word, it's his word. And that's the reason why you, you and I have an enemy that's fighting you on every front. And the reason why the enemy is fighting you and I on every front is because he want you and I to give in to the pressures of this life because he wants you to only see and only hear what is here. He don't want you to realize that there's a different realm. He don't want you to realize that there's a different kingdom. And that's the reason why the enemy does everything he can to do what? To keep us distracted. Because the more he can keep you and I distracted, the more you miss out on the witness that's inside of you. You won't look to that witness. You won't yield to that, that witness. He wants you to yield to him. Are you understand what I'm saying? He wants you to yield to him. And the only way that you can do that is that, notice this, you're following that peace. Huh? Notice this. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you what? Another comforter. And that comforter is this. Number one, he's a counselor. What does a counselor do? He advises you, right? All right? So if I need advice in making the decision and making a stand, well, guess what? He's there. Hey, sweetheart, how you doing? He's there. He's there to do what? He's there to do what? As a counselor to advise me in what I should do, where I should go. Now, why does he do that? Because you belong to him. You belong to God. So the Holy Spirit responsibility is to reveal the way that God originally intended for you. Now, you and I have to be the one to yield to his advice. Because he's speaking all the time. It's you and I that have that struggle to walk in the way that he has us. It's you and I that struggle to walk in the light of the truth that he has called us to. Because it doesn't go with it doesn't go with the plan that you had. It doesn't go with the idea that you thought was good. 
Hmm? All right? So that means when you say he's a counselor, what he's doing? He's giving us advice. He's a helper. What does a helper do? He helps, right? Sometimes the helper, you know, it's just even in the natural. A good helper will know all the tools you need. It'll know whatever it is that you, it will have everything that you need there to make sure that you can do it just right. Sometimes they know more about what you have need of than what you know what you have need of. But guess what? The helper won't do it. The helper is to help. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He's not going to do it for you. Brother John, he's not going to twist your hand. And say, come on here, let's go, Walker. No. No. He wants you, excuse me, he wants you to be willing on your own to obey him, to obey the promptings of the Father. Why? Because you got the spirit of Christ living inside of you. His spirit in you is what? It is so that it can lead and guide you. Why? Because where do you have, where do we have the most interruption? Through our soul, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotion, your conscience. This is where we have the most interruption. Why? Because there's a lot of things fight for your attention. There are things in the natural that we have to live by. Laws we have to live by. Things that you go, that you do in the natural. Sometimes those things in the natural can contradict the ways of the Lord. And you have to be in position to say, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. You have to be the one to be in position to do what? To say, no. No. Why? Because the Holy Spirit inside is leading you. It's a witness on the inside of you. It knows what to do. I didn't say you did, but the one that lives in you, if you let him. Remember, we are just walking transmitters, allowing his goods to be transported through us. His life that he died for to be transported through us so that others may see the goodness of God. Can y'all see that? You, you won't see that if you won't yield to that prompting. You got to yield to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Many don't yield to the prompting. The church today, we're, we're yielding to voices. We're yielding to people. We're yielding to this. We're yielding, but we're not yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that knows all. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us through every, every endangerment, good or bad. He is the one that's leading us. Hmm? You got to let him lead you.
You got to let him direct you. If you don't follow that leading, if you won't follow that witness, you're going to miss out. Hmm? You're going to miss out. So, he's not only a counselor. I think it's not plugged in, Casey. Oh. Oh, okay. Notice this. So, think about this for a moment. So, he's a counselor. Right? A counselor is one that what? Give you advice. Right? But you have to follow that. So that the Holy Spirit inside, he would give you advice if you ask him. Number two, he's a helper. He won't do it for you, but he will guide you. He will help you to walk this out. You have to be the speaker. You have to do the speaking. You have to do the do. But he'll give you what you need to make sure that you come out on top. Number three, he's an intercessor. An intercessor, he's not interceding. His intercession is so that the eyes of your understanding will come to light. That means your understanding, your perception, you'll be able to comprehend. You'll be able to perceive what it is he's saying to you. Light will come in. The more you hear of, the, of his way, the more understanding comes in. The more understanding you have, the more wisdom you can use to apply what you know. Let me say that to you again. Understanding comes by hearing. And hearing and hearing until understanding kicks in. Then wisdom So, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Okay? So, the more, that's why the, the, the scripture says in Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, and hearing, the word hearing me. When you hear, you keep hearing until understanding shows up. You ever notice how some sometimes you try to put something together, you try to make something work, and it's just like, what am I missing? Why why is why this thing not coming together? And the more you keep listening and listening then all of a sudden, understanding will come about. Why? Because you're not giving up. See, what happened, we don't listen enough. We hear one time, we hear two times, 
God forbid if we hear 20 times. I didn't hear it 20 times. Well, hear it 20 more times because you don't have the understanding yet. So why is it taking so long? Because you got, there's some, some cloudiness. You got so much going on on the inside of you, the word itself is sifting, analyzing, until you allow that truth to penetrate where you can actually see it and do it on purpose every time. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? See, you do it one time, you do it a little bit here, and then you want you'll stop. See, it's not really in you. But at least it's catching root. That's why understanding of the scripture is little by little. You don't just all of a sudden overnight, boom. It's little by little. You grow. You have understanding. Are y'all following me? Watch this. So he's a helper, an intercessor is one that's standing in the gap. So what Jesus is doing, he's sitting there looking for you to do what? To grab hold of that which he has already finished or done for you. So he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Notice this. The Father is looking at what Jesus already done for you and I. So Jesus is sitting there looking and trusting that, you know, intercede that the Holy Spirit, that you will listen to the Holy Spirit so that what is already so, you can walk in it. Did y'all understand what I just said? He, he, he is, he is seated. Notice this, giving the Holy Spirit the consent to do what? To keep nudging you, to keep revealing to you, to keep, I mean, and he know how to do it. You could be at work. And God can have an unsaved person say something in a manner that where it, it gets your attention. They don't know it, but God can use an unsaved person to rattle you. Hmm? God can use a billboard. You see something on the billboard, that means he's not using it to say, I saw the sign. Nope, he's using the sign to show you I've already spoken that on the inside of you. I mean, understand what I'm saying here. I'm just telling you. That intercessor is one that stand in the gap for another. So all this that the Father is punishing you, the Father is bringing judgment upon the earth, the Father is doing all this because of this and that, then guess what? Christ's death is in vain. Yeah. We so busy want judgment on this country and everything else because of this, because of that. You don't, you don't understand what took place to bring us to this place to have rest. Someone 
without sin gave their life. You and I may not be able to comprehend that in its fullness. But God became a man and allowed the same Holy Spirit that we're talking about to guide him and put him on the cross. Well, before he got on the cross, led him in the garden to be whipped. Unmerciful. For our sickness. For our disease. He did it willingly. Hmm? I mean, his body was to the place that where he didn't resemble as a human. There was no resemblance of a human. They didn't know what he did, what he was. That's why I said the real Jesus of the Bible, you can't people don't understand. They don't they, they can't see that. They can't phantom that. God could not just violate his own way, his own laws of establishing the earth. He had to come in in a way. That's why I was teaching the lesson about Abraham. God had to use a man that will open the door and give him leeway back into the earth to bring forth our redemption. This is the reason why he worked with Abraham to the place that Abraham became fully persuaded. Let's look at this for a moment. We'll come back to this. Because I really want you to understand about the power and the ability of how to be led by the Spirit of God. It's an intuition. It's a witness on the inside of you. It walks with you. It lives with you all the time. And again, you walk more in the Spirit than you do in the flesh, than what you realize. You're just unaware. I think the Father wants you to become more aware because there's some things that's coming down. Not just so much bad, but there's some things of his way are transporting more of his goodness, revealing more of his goodness because the time is now. And you and I as a people have to be ready to walk in that, to hear that, to understand what is he saying, how he's leading you. Did I tell you I want to go? Genesis chapter 22. Look at verse 1. After these events, God tested and proved Abraham. God can't be, he didn't test Abraham with evil. Now, I started this lesson out again. You can go back in these archives, I don't know, uh, on the covenant of Abraham, the blood covenant. All of this is in there. I taught this before. <clears throat> but he said after these events, he's talking about now Sarah has had the child. Now Abraham, I mean Isaac is in the way between 13, 26 years of age. 
Now God is beginning to the test is to see now the covenant we made. Are you ready to obey me? Abraham knew that this child was to be put on the altar. Hmm? His only son. Just like God's only son. Watch this. And Abraham said, here I am. Next verse. And God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there a burnt offering upon the mountain of which I tell you. What is he doing? He's setting up the same type of, he's setting up the same way that he's going to lead his son. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took his two and took two of the young men with him and his son Isaac and he split the wood, the burnt offering, and then begun the trip to the place which God had told him. Now think about this. How would God tell him? He's not the spirit of God, not in him, but he's leading him. Abraham had had enough experience with the father that he know his voice. Right? He had an Ishmael out of it. It wasn't God. He made some mistakes along the way. But after 20-something odd years, Abraham got it. He said 20-something, actually 24. It's actually more than that. Because when Abraham started out, he was not supposed to take his father with him. But he did. And his father died. And that was, he was held up for 15 years prior to that. So it was actually more of 35, 40 or plus years that God did not give up. On Abraham. Just like God did not give up on him. Is that's why I said it was counted for righteousness sake. Covenant was made in Genesis 15. But they went about trying to do it in the way that they thought it ought to be. Hmm? God said you're going to have a child come from your own bowels. I mean from you and Sarah. What did they do? He gave, yeah, want to speed the processor, or he gave, she gave her maiden to Abraham. Now you got to fight in the house with two women. You know no two, no two women can't live in the same house, no. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, <laughs> here, now, Hagar figures she got just as much right in the house as Sarah. So God had to tell, you know, get all that straightened out. Why? Because God is in covenant with Abraham. Now, we should speed the process up. In the 17th chapter, Abraham begun, God told him to walk before me, perfect, meaning this, with integrity, meaning this, blameless, meaning this, 
of that which I called you to in the beginning when we made covenant. Now I'm looking for you to walk in the integrity of my word. That right there would throw out half of, more than half of the church. Because boy, if you screwed up, hmm, you out of here. We love you, but we can't use you. Can't be here. God bless you. Go somewhere else. Huh? God don't have no other people to use but people that are full of flaws. Okay? Now watch this. So on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. Keep going. And Abraham said to his servant, settle, settle, <clears throat> settle down and stay here. With the donkey. And, oh, that's a different translation because, you know, King James, it, we're about to stay with this one right here because y'all don't need no other word. Y'all don't need the word, that word, the other word of that. <laughs> and I and the, and, the young, and the young man will go yonder and what? And worship and do what? Come again. See, Abraham knew. Watch this. Verse 6. And Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, the lad, and the, the shoulder of it, the shoulder of Isaac, his son, and he took the fire, the fire pot, in his own hand and a knife, and the two of them went up together. Next verse. And Isaac said to Abraham, his, my father, he said, here am I, my son. Isaac said, see here are the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt sacrifice? Watch this. And Abraham said, my son, what did he say? God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went up together. How did he know that? See, when you walked in fellowship with one another long enough, you know how they think. Abraham knew. I said, Watch this carefully. So they came to the place which God told them, and Abraham built the altar there, and then he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, bound him, bound him. And laid him on the altar of the wood. Who do you know? They're going to let you bind him. Huh? That's kind of like those two, those two young ladies walking, I think. Well, I think they're 17, to eight, 16 to 18 years of age. All you are over 30, right? That's in here. Just think about that. Well, I'm 29 and a half, so I... 27? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, think about that. Who do you know going to let you, even at 13, 15, whatever, going to bind you up and put you on there? And you don't fight him. See, that, that's a shocker to your mindset right there. That's the reason why I say 
the Holy Spirit only speak of the things of the kingdom of God. And if we allow him to show us what's in his hand, it'll make everything in this realm go so much easier. You listen to the wrong people. You're going to come out with the wrong result. It may look good for a little while, but it's going to fall flat on his face. Everybody's quick in the hurry. Got to make that happen. You and I as believers, we don't make nothing happen. Jesus already did it. I'm just walking with him to see, to make sure that I'm still following that peace. When that peace is disturbed, I'm out of here, Jack. Why? You can't go beyond that peace. You go beyond that peace, that's trouble. Hmm? You don't know what manner of trouble is over there. You don't let you don't sacrifice peace or prosperity or whatever for that peace. Where the peace of God is, you stay there. Because guess what? You're not obligated to prosper yourself. He's obligated. You belong to him. Oh, that didn't go over too good with y'all. But that's okay. Abraham stretched forth his hand. Are you seeing this? He's going to kill his son. He stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay him. And I'm glad they got that right there because that's the scripture in Hebrews 11. Uh, uh, yeah, 11, 7. Look at that for a moment. Put that scripture up there. I'm going to show you, in the mind of God, Abraham killed his son. This wasn't no make-believe. Put that up there, Casey. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. Watch this. By faith, Abraham, when he was put to test, and while the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for an offering, he who had gladly received and welcomed God's promise was ready to sacrifice his only son. Next verse. Of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your descendant be reckoned. Abraham knew that. So Abraham in his mind, I'm going to kill him. But guess what? God's going to have to raise him up because I can't be a father in the nation. I ain't got no heir. Hmm? For he reasoned that God was, oh, there it is right there. For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from among the dead. He had no fear. He knew that this is the creator of heaven. He knew who this was speaking to him. That's why he did not fear or he did not have a double standard. He did not stagger at that promise because he knew God. 
the same witness that was on Abraham is in you and I. It's going to take you time to know him in that light. You can't be passive in that light. That's why you conduct your affairs every day in a manner that brings glory and honor to God. We always trying to, if we live in wrong, we don't want nobody, we, we, you know, we're in places, we don't want nobody to really. No, God want to see the life that he put in you, that you allow him to enter in. He want to see what you're going to do with what I gave you to do. He won't see how you're going to handle it. He want to see how you're going to live it out. I'll show you that in just a moment. Watch this. So, for he reasoned that God was able to do what? Raise him up, even from among the dead. Indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively what? Dead in the mind of God, Abraham killed his son. Now that's big because it didn't say in my mind, it didn't say in oldest mind. We could have been, you know, kind of like the story man caught a little fish, the fish was about this big. But by the time you know, Bobby was telling the story, he was that big. When in essence, he was just a little bitty. Can't even eat that. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? But when Brother Joe fish, his fish is like that. Huh, Brother Joe? You catch him like that, huh, brother? <laughs> Don't look at Brother Richard up like that, brother. <laughs> Don't let that go like that, brother. Just tell him, you, you, you call them fish in here. Fishy, fishy, come to me. Sacolay, come to me. Get on my hook. In the name of Jesus. Huh? See, if I was out there fishing with y'all, that's what I'd be doing. Sacolay, get on there. Hallelujah. For he reasoned. That God was able to raise him up even from among the dead. Indeed, in, sin, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed. Think about it. He did actually receive him back from the dead. Now go back to Genesis. He received his son. Why? Because Abraham's heart was after the will of God. Now, I'm not saying God going to lead anybody like that today. This was a covenant. This was the only way that God could bring forth his son into this realm to die for you and I. That's why the Bible said Abraham is the father of our faith because he obeyed God. He believed God. Okay? So, he said, God himself will provide a lamb. Look at this. In verse 9, 
And when they came to the place which God told him, and Abraham built the altar there, and the wood he laid there, and he bound his son. Next verse. And Abraham stretched forth his hand to took hold of the knife to do what to slay his son. Next verse. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he answered, here am I. Notice this. He knew who was talking to him. Next verse. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know. Remember, he was tested. This was his test. To see will he fully obey the will of God for his life. God is looking to you and I to see. It won't be in this light. But you and I have enough. God may be causing you to change careers, change geographics, change whatever. He want to see, will you obey him? Hmm? He didn't do this overnight. We read this story and it make it look like Abraham just obeyed God. No, he didn't. He said, now I know that you fear and reverence God since you have not held back from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. Keep going. Then Abraham looked up and glanced around, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by, by the horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered the burnt offering, ascending a sacrifice instead of his son. Keep going. So Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. Huh? The Lord will what? Provide. But he need our what? Obedience. Right? Keep going, uh, Casey. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven the second time. Next verse. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham. Oh, what, 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 we went back. And he said, I have sworn by myself, says the Lord, that since you have done this and have not withheld from me, I'll begrudge giving me your son. Your only son, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heaven, like the sand of the sea. See, we all want those blessings, but none of us wants to walk in alignment to walk in that blessing. Your obedience in Christ is what impels or empowers you and I to walk in those blessings. What is it that the Lord is requiring of you? What is it that the Holy Spirit wants of you and I? See, until you're willing to lay your life down, you're not going to find out what's in the hand of God. Hmm? And that's why he said, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heaven, like the sands of the seashore, and your seed, see, singular, will possess the gates of your enemy. Notice if God kept using the stars and the sand. 
That's what kept Abraham's attention. Remember in the 15th and the 17th chapter, he went outside in the vision to see the stars. If you can number them, that's your, your descendant. The seashore, if you can number the, stand, the, the grain of sand, so shall your descendant. Wow. We are part of that descendant. Right? Did y'all get that? Yeah. All right. Now let me give you this section, segment here, and I'm going to close. Go with me to uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13, I mean chapter 25. What are we talking about? The power or the ability of the Holy Spirit at work in you and I. If you don't empower him to be at work in you, you will not see the glory of God. The glory of God is the manifested presence, the thing that we believe for. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, <clears throat> for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. That, far, that man will be Jesus Christ. Far countries where we are now. Who called his own servant? How many? Who? What servant did he call? Let's make sure everybody on the same page. He called his what? His own servant. So all of us belong to the Lord, right? So that means he has a specific plan for you and I. Because he called you. You just got to know what he called you for. You ought to be sitting there, Lord, what did you call me for? Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servant and delivered unto them their goods. No, didn't say that. His goods. That's a difference. Because if he called you, he got to give you his goods. Whatever the call is, you got to be equipped with the goods to do the call. Hmm? So that means you have to keep drawing from him. You have to keep looking to him. You have to keep anticipating that it will happen. It will, it will show up. Right? Because you got an enemy that's trying to oppose you. Just like Abraham. He had an enemy. But he prevailed. Right? Watch this. He said, for unto one he gave five talents. That's like most of you here. Oh, that's me. I want the five talents. Did you know the five got no more glory than the two? And if the one would have did his part, the five got no more glory than the one. Because each one performed according to the ability that he gave them. 
So stop trying to shoot for something that somebody else has. Find out what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And I guarantee if he has give you one ability, one talent, he's talking about money. Then I'll take that one, that one, whatever that one is, I'll work it. Hmm? Just like this church. I don't care if it just one of y'all showed up. I'll still teach to you like the room was full. Why? Lord, I can't teach until the place is full. Now, when you fill it up, then I'll teach. Until you fill it up, I'm not teaching. Find you somebody else. People used to talk like that. In some ways, God honored it. In some ways, he didn't. He didn't leave me like this and say, well, Lord, until you fill it up, I'll teach. Mm-mm. I'm just happy he called me to teach. <laughs> Are y'all getting what I'm saying? No. You have to work what he gave you little by little. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. I'll show you that if we have time. Notice this. So he gave one what? How many? Five talents. He gave another one what? Two. And he gave another one what? One. And to, notice it, to every man according to what? His several ability. What does that mean? Huh? Do what? what? That's right. He, he gave it to their own personal ability. So who gave them, who gave them that ability? He did. So he's not expecting you. To bring, to be like everybody else. He expects you to be unique in your own self. Stop trying to compete. Because whatever he gave you is going to be enough for you to live a full, satisfied life on the earth. Huh? God is not calling you and I, there's a lot of folks with wealth. There's a lot of folks with money. They do a lot of things with it. You know, that's, 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 that's not right or whatever. But guess what? There's a lot of people that will be, there's a lot of people that's willing and looking to listen to the Lord. If, I mean, that has money, if you're willing to do the thing that he called you to do. Because the money is not in heaven. The money has to come out of the earth. So it got to come through somebody. So God has people with wealth set aside just for you. To do what? For the assignment that he called you to. But if you won't let him do what he will need to do in you, if you won't let the Holy Spirit bring forth the life of Christ out of you, then guess what? That money going to be with hell. And you'll be trying to do your own thing. You know, it's your thing. 
do what you want to do. I can't tell you. <laughs> Who the socket to? This ain't Burger King, child. You can't have your way. It's God's way or no way. And that's why you have the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when we really get rid of our way and really just yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit, your life going to be so much abundantly supplied. You have such peace, such joy. That's what he's looking for. And when you walk in that place, it may start out with just a little bit. Don't get caught up on the stuff. Get caught up in him. And when you be, like he said right here, he gave to each one according to his several ability and straightway he took his journey. Meaning this, now let me see what you're going to do with what I gave you. Let me see how you're going to treat what I gave you. Hmm? Just in case you don't know, God, this is why we are his servant. We, the body of Christ, is what take care of God's work, the storehouse. The storehouse is a place where you're fed. God don't look to the world. He looked to his own people. He looked to you and I. So when when a ministry or whatnot has a need, then God looked to the, notice this, God looked to the people that's in the church that he called. Hmm? And then the Holy Spirit would be, if, you, if you're listening, he'll move upon you. What he wants you to do. Why? It's for the kingdom's sake. It's to keep going. Is the kingdom going to stop? No. No, it's to keep the kingdom, is to keep what God destined in this area to take place. But you and I have to be the one to do what? To give. You can't go to Walmart if they had a certain, <clears throat> you know, Walmart. The Walmart brand of pistachios, I think, is the best. Okay? And what if the, what if Walmart, what if they stopped carrying it? Why would they stop carrying it? Because no, because people always buying it. No, they're gonna increase it more, right? But if it's not being bought, what they gonna do? They can probably take it out the store, right? <clears throat> That's in everything. If you won't react to God's word, to God's plan that he has for you to teach you, to instruct you, to grow you up, then guess what? God God will move it. It's quiet. Huh? He'll shut the doors. He'll move the man or the woman. Because you didn't want it. 
We said, I can't see that. Well, you can see the pistachios if you go to the, go to the store and they don't have those pistachios. I'm going to be upset. Well, why y'all don't have these no more? They make uh they have these what they call capsules for energy. It's all natural. I put it in my water. They don't even have it no more. They got the lemonade. It's by True Green, something like that. But the the lemonade, the straw, that's not that's not the real deal. That's full of sugar. So I, nobody could give me a reason why they don't have them no more. So I got to go on Amazon and order, you know, it's the real deal, okay? My point is, is that, like I say, if they don't have, why y'all don't have this no more? And nobody could give an answer. They don't even know why they don't have them no more. Now they got the other stuff out there. But what I'm saying is, is that, if you don't take what God gave you, notice what he did. He took his journey. Why would he take a journey and then you're going to come back later? Now, I don't know if you're ready for this. Here we go. Next verse, Casey. Then he, which had received five talents, went and traded with the same, and he made five others. So he just didn't sit down on what he had. He took it, invested, did something with it, right? Okay. Next verse. And likewise, the two, he gained two others. So just like the five gained, the two did too, right? And, and next verse. But he that had one, what did he do? He went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So now we know he's talking about money. He didn't invest it. He didn't do nothing. Next verse. And after a long time, that means the Lord will come back, the rapture taking place. After a long time, of those servants coming, he reckoned with them. That means, let's see what your reward is here. Let's see that you do with what I gave you. Keep going. And so he had, that had received five talents, he came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I gained besides them five talents more. Look what the Lord said. And this Lord said to him, well done. That's what we're looking all looking to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Everybody want to hear that. But it requires obedience. Okay? Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into what? The joy of the Lord. There's joy in your act of obedience. Huh? 
That's rewards. Next verse. He that also received two talents came and said, Lord, thou delivered unto me two talents. And behold, I gained two other besides them. Next verse. And this Lord said unto him, Uh-oh, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful of a few things. Thou, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter, notice this, no competition. The same word gave to the five, it's the same word spoken to the one with the two. Why? There was no competition. The one with the two operated according to the ability that was given him, not according to the five. Well, I didn't do nothing with mine because why you gave him five and gave me two? What's wrong with me? Oh, you gave me, you gave me two because I'm black and gave him five because he's white. Oh, look at y'all. Sad. Y'all just so quiet. It happened. And you don't understand. God will not be selfish. God will not give you something that will hurt you or something that you could not profit from. Just because someone got five and you got two, child, you wouldn't even know you wouldn't even know that two could bring back such joy and dividend as five did. Why? Because you're not thinking about what the five did. That's, he did only what was in him to do. You only doing and bringing forth fruit of what's in you to do. Period. It take all the competition out. Why? Because God has a specific task that only you can do. But you got to be willing and allow him to show you what's in his hand. Finally, next verse, all uh, case. Look at this. Then he which had received what? Came and said, Lord, uh-oh, what that sound like? Most Christian. Lord, Yep, excuses, right? I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where thou hast not strawed. Keep going. What did he say? I was afraid. So I did what? Hid the talent in the earth, and lo, thou hast, that is thine. In other words, that what you gave me? I'm giving it back. Hmm? And his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked, meaning you twisted-minded, slowful, slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not. And gather where I have not sought. Keep going. Thou ought to therefore have what? Put my money to the what? The exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with what? Usury. Right? 
Next verse. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which has the ten. Why he said that, I don't know. For unto everyone that has shall be given. And he shall have abundance. Why? Because you know what to do with it. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Because he refuses to use what God gave him. You don't think it's enough. You don't think it'll bring back much dividend. And it will. It will. And notice what happened to him. And he cast ye the unprofitable servant in the outer darkness. And there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He never took what God gave to him. It's like a man have the gospel preached to him about the salvation of coming, but he never took it. He may have received it, but he never took it. He never lived it. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, it's a witness on the inside. It's a peace that you follow. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, he can speak out to you. And you can hear it. But 99% of the time, you're going to be led by your spirit. It's a witness on the inside of you. That witness on the inside of you is doing what? It's teaching you. It's guiding you. It's walking alongside of you. It's revealing to you what he wants you to do. Here's my question to you. Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit from this point on, to navigate your life. Don't answer that too quickly. What if you're not willing to make that? Because you will be tested. And we all should be willing and ready to make the change, to do whatever how the Spirit of God leads us at the spur of a moment. Why? Because we're not our own. We're his servants. We're his children, right? So he has a right to tell us how to navigate us in the earth. So don't look at all the chaos that's in the earth or what's going on here, going on there. No, look at what the life that's in you because you might be just the answer. But, be but before you can be the answer to it, you have to be obedient to the way he's leading you and sharing with you at the moment. See, so we say, well, when I get this, or when I get over there, I can do this. No, you won't. You can't. It all starts in having a word from God. And you may not hear the word. You have the way. It's a witness. It's inside of you. It's leading you. It's guiding you. That's what I live by. I live by that witness that's in me. 
And when my peace is disturbed or something else, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm done. Amen? This is a scripture I want to leave with you. I want you to exercise this today. John 14, 27. And put it in the classic Amplify and the NLT. John 14, 27. This is... This is a scripture I want you to practice this week. Peace I leave with you. Right? As a believer, you got that peace. My own peace, now I give and bequeath to you. Not as the world give, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be what? Trouble. Neither let it be what? Afraid? Stop allowing yourself to be what? Agitated and disturbed. The only way we're agitated and disturbed because we're outside of that peace. The Holy Spirit is already leading us one way. Well, I don't want to apologize. I don't want to forgive. Well, that, you're going to be agitated. Hmm? You're going to you notice this, disturb. Do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, and cowardly unsettled. That's why we're unsettled, because we won't follow the peace. His peace. Not a peace, his peace. You see, his peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give to you. So you don't have the peace of a man. You don't have the peace of a company. You know, uh, where you work for Sunbeam, I mean, what, what, what do you call it? Evangelist. You know, all these men say, well, I got peace, man, that Evangelist, they've been here for 100 years. So I got peace that this is my job security. Well, what he did? What if Evangelist closed down? What happened to his peace? I'm not saying it will, you know. That's the same thing about Chevy. Nah, Chevy been over for 100 years. What happened? They had to file for bankruptcy, right? Nothing is guaranteed in this life but Christ's way, the way of the Lord. When you have his peace, he said, not as the world give out to you. You don't need to let your heart be troubled. Neither do you need to be afraid. So stop allowing yourself to be agitated. The only way you can become agitated, you listen to the wrong voices. Y'all get it? Follow his peace. It's already in you. It's a part of your, new com your conversion when you got born again. And that's how we'll give you our two verses. Uh, <clears throat> the other verse I want to give to you is this. Colossians 3.15 and put it in the classic. Amplify. How many of you know anything about baseball? 
little bit? You ever heard it? Y'all know the, the what's the purpose of umpire? He calls the ball, right? Keeping what? So he he has the last word, right? The umpire. And let the peace, soul harmony, which come from Christ, rule and act as what? Umpire continually. Hmm? You see it? In your heart, deciding and settling with finality all questions that raise in your mind in that peaceful state. I mean, you're going to judge everything by the peace of God. You got his peace. Notice this. To which as members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live. Be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Meditate on those two scriptures this week. Did you learn anything? Yes, ma'am. Well, out of darkness is two things. Number one, the first thing is, is that this person is going to hell. Okay? Number two, this out of darkness would be a person that's struggling in this life. He has no joy. He's his servant, but he has no joy. He has no peace. So how many people you and I know that whereas they're born of God, but they don't have no peace. They don't have no victory. They're agitated. They're fearful. They're full of their double-mindedness to the place to where they, don't, they can't even make a decision. Why? Because their own conscience bothers them. Their own conscience is filled with guilt. It's filled with sorrow. It's filled with all kind of stuff. So that, that unprofitable, because he called him unprofitable, that unprofitable, sir, it could go both ways when I read that in the commentary. It could be one that's born of God and it's one that is not. That means he never received Christ. It'd be just like he took his, we know he talked about money, but he said he took it and hid it. <clears throat> well, how I many times people say, well, uh, I went to that church, I heard the word, but they never did nothing with it. That's like saying, if I park myself in the garage, do that make me a car? No, absolutely not. So that unprofitable servant, again, <coughs> it depends upon if he is born again, to the point to where as he is born again, but notice this. There's no fruit in this life, or very little. 
Very little fruit. Very little evidence. And you got some people on the earth that are believers like that. Hmm? So that unprofitable servant, again, can function in two lights. But you are not born again, so how would that fun- how would that affect you? It affect you to the place where you are living your life out in a manner to where it seems like you got hell on every end. You got fires in your life that's burning on both ends, and you in the middle. No peace. There are people that live like that today. Did I answer your question? It's not a good answer. Not a profitable answer. But that's the way it is. It'd be just like the only way, the only sin that sent a man to hell is him not accepting Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. But that same person did a lot of good deeds on the earth. Helped a lot of homeless people. Provided a lot of jobs. But that won't get him into heaven. And he left it up to you and I. We say, well, surely this man should. All the good that this man did, oh, yeah. I can make an exception for him. That's why we're not in charge of it. It's not your goodness. It's God's goodness. Amen? Glory to God. Any other question? Yes, sir.